Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Halachas. Yoredeya Chelek Aleph, Hilchas Giluach, Halacha Dalid, Paragraph Tesvav. We dedicate the learning today, Lilu Nishmas Yosefa Bas Reb Chaim, whose yard site is today on the 8th of Teves, and for a complete Rufu Shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Bas Galia, Yehudis Bas Chana, Menachem ben Rishabasha, Chaya Brocha Bas Peron, Yaakov Yeshua ben Freindel Rechel, Shlomen Issa ben Mazel, Avram David ben Chana, Hindechasa Bas Chana, David Leib ben Shena, Shira Dvoira Bas Miriam, Avigail Brocha Bas Shira Dvoira, Soralea Bas Chavaliba, Yehuda ben Soramaya, Chaim ben Rachel, Chaim Arya ben Brocha, Idis Bas Miriam Brindel, Tovietzvi ben Chayaliza, Eitan Yol ben Edna, Yerachmiel Yisroel, Doi ben Frumit Nachama, Yosef ben Mazel, Elio Yeshua ben Rochel, Asa ben Yehudis, Rivka Chana bas Sheshana, Tehila Esther bas Toivat Sila, Besorich Shar Choyle Yisroel. Now Rav Nosenzal goes into the topic of Mida and Mikvah, as related to what we've been learning about till now, the topic of emes and emuna, bechinas isur nida, based on what we've been learning till now, we'll be able to understand a, an insight regarding to why a woman becomes tome and is forbidden to her husband during that period. Ki dam midois nimshach shehitil because the fact that a woman experiences this blood, this damnida, this menstrual blood, is originates from the tumor which the snake injected into Chava. Shemishom ikre damnidois. That's where this all really originates from. Kayodua, as is known. Ki oz nigzaroleho harbo arbe itzvoinech. Because after eating from the Eitz Hadas is when Hashem decreed this, this curse, harbo arbe etzvoinich, that your difficulty, your heaviness, your depression will be great. Shezel bechinas damnidois, k'moisham rabbi seinuzal. And the Gemara says in Erevin, page 100, that this refers to this damnida. V'alkein oz asura labalo. And that's why when a woman is nida, she's forbidden to her husband. Because when she is in that state, it's impossible for them, the husband and wife, to be able to refine the mating from this tumor of the nochosh, which is this damnido, which is very powerfully attached to the woman. Because as we learned earlier, even when a husband and wife are mating in a, in a kosher way, even that requires major purification and refinement in order to remove the negative effects of the nochosh, the original snake. But now that the woman is experiencing this which is a major display of this tumor of the original snake, therefore it is impossible when she is in that state for the husband and wife to be able that the mating should be one of holiness. And therefore she is forbidden to her husband in a very, very serious way. And therefore also she does not become pure until she first counts seven pure days during which she does not see any blood at all. Shehem keneged shivas which correspond to the seven days of the week. Shehem bechinas sheva midos, which correspond to the seven spheroids, 
the seven midos, chesed, gvura, teferes, netzachoid, yesoid, malchus. Ki kol ha-sheva midos, shem bechinas shilas yimei abinyin, kol ikr shleimus tikunon veheoroson, hulohoyer lahamalchus. Because these seven attributes of Hashem, which correspond to the seven days of the week, their tikkun, their mission is to shine into the malchus, shehi mido hashviyis, which is number seven, shehi bechinas emuna kayadua, and we've mentioned many times that malchus corresponds to emuna, just like malchus has no light of its own, so to emuna represents that which doesn't have light, it doesn't have knowledge or wisdom. Emuna is in that which you don't see and we don't understand. Because there's a rule in Sifrei Kabbalah that a person, no one, can draw or receive from any one of the Midas of Hashem unless they receive via the Malchus. Kemoshikos of Batikunim Barichus, as the Tikun Ezoyar elaborates on this, the less Rishu Lenovi Vechoise La Aolo Lamalko Elobo. No prophet, no seer has any permission to able to connect with the king, with Hashem, only via her, via the Shechina, via the Malchus. Shezel Bechinas Bezois Yovoi Aharoin Alakoidesh. This is what's meant when the Pesach says, through Zois, Aharon can enter into Kedusha. And Zois is a nickname for the Malchus. Ki ho emuna, b'chinas Malchus, nikreis Zois. Vezehu vezois asher diber lohem avihen. And this is also the Pesach which we read, I believe, in this past week's Parsha, Vayigash. <coughs> and this is what their father spoke to them. Vezois habrocha, well, and also the final parsh in the Torah, which begins with, "This is the blessing." Venovi kadchose urka de galusa, and the prophet, when he saw how long an exile Klal Yisrael is going to have to go through, Omar he said, "Zois oshevelibi alkein oichel," that it's the, the the fact that the Shekhinah is with us in Golus. This Zois is with us. This is what gives me consolation. And therefore, I hope and, and know that this exile is going to come to an end. I and Shom take a look over there in the Zohar Kodesh where it elaborates on this. Because it is impossible to come close to Hashem and to achieve any recognition of Hashem via any of the other Midois or Chachma or Seichel other than via Emuna. A person must begin from Emuna. Shenikreis Zois, which is called Zois. Shehi Hashar Pesach Liskare Velodas Borach. That's the entrance way by which a person can enter and come close to Hashem. Because through emuna, a person can enter into all the other midos of Hashem and come close to Hashem. And this is why a woman who is in this state of nida must count seven pure days in which she does not see blood, because once we see that this menstrual blood has started flowing by her, which is this tumor of the snake, which originates from that tumor of the snake, and as a result she has become forbidden to mate with her husband, Shehu Bechinas Emes, the husband represents the mid of Emes. Alkain eno neteres ad shechoyzeres v'soyferes shivanekiim. Therefore, she does not become pure <coughs> until she first counts these seven days. Kedei lachsor 
Because by doing this, she's trying to now begin a new process of drawing upon herself the light of those seven midos, those seven spheroes, whereby their whole tikkun, the major tikkun and purpose of those seven midos is to shine into the emuna, into the woman, and they complete her, so that she should be pure and available and ready to join with her husband, who is the concept of emes, as we discussed in the previous shurim, this concept of emes and emuna. Now in the next paragraph, Rav Nosanzal addresses the topic of mikveh. Paragraph Tezayim, and also, based on what we're learning here, we'll understand why it takes an assemblage of water, a gathering of water, to purify the woman who is Nida from her Tumah. Because the mikveh waters are the source from which the emuna gets its development, its tikkun. Ki mikveh bina al because the Sifre Kabbal explain that a mikveh corresponds to the sphera of bina, which is referred to as the future world, which means the eighth level. We spoke about, in the previous paragraph, we spoke about the seven midos, which correspond to the seven days of the week, which correspond to this world. Our world is guided by the seven days of the week. When we go above those seven, we go to number eight. That's Bina. That's called Olam Haba. Bechinas Meimei Hadas Sheyizgalu Laosid. This is the concept of the waters of knowledge which will be revealed in the future. Bebechinas, as the Pasuk says, that in the future the world will be filled with knowledge of Hashem like the waters that cover the ocean floor. It's from the holiness of that das that's going to be revealed in the future that's what helps us develop our emuna. The tzaddikim have the ability to draw on that knowledge of the future and bring that and share that with us a little bit, enough to nurture our emuna. Ki Because the source, the origin where emuna originates, comes from a very, very high place, a very high level of seichel. From that level of knowledge and wisdom that's going to be revealed in the future. Like we just said, the world will be filled with knowledge like water. That's what the waters of the mikvah represent. And this is also what Rabbi Nezal refers to in chapter 7 in Likut Imran, which this entire halacha has been based on, Rabbi Nezal writes there that rain is associated with emuna. We know the Torah tells us that farmers have to have a lot of faith when they plant, when they plow the earth, they put so much effort into preparing the earth to produce, and then they know that without rain, nothing's going to happen. Because as Rabbi Nezal explains over there in Likutim Ram, that rainwater originates from the depths of the earth. And the word tohimois means depths, and the word tehoim also means wonderment. And Rabbi Nezal shows there on the Kutim Ram that when, when there's miracles, people are in a state of wonderment. They're shocked. They're surprised. 
And miracles are associated with tefillah and emunah. Rabbi Nezal over there on the Kutimran shows all of these connections. So these rainwaters, which come from the Tehoimois, Shoroshom Mimeme Hadas Sheizgalulosin, they are rooted in those waters of knowledge that are going to be revealed in the future. Alkain Heimbebechinas Emuna. And therefore, they are also they also represent Emuna, Kimishon Iker Gidolhu Emuna, because that's where the Emuna draws its nourishment from this this very high level das of the future. V'chein merumaz b'hatoyra tiku emuna b'likutei tanina simen hei. Rav Nosanzal says that Rav Nosanzal also hints to this in another major chapter on Likud Imran, in the second half of Likud Imran, chapter 5, which is a Rosh Hashanah shir, where Rav Nosanzal elaborated tremendously on the topic of emuna, shegidol hu emuna al yidei b'chinas mayim. Rav Nosanzal there also says that what nourishes and nurtures our emuna is water. Bechinas mayim amukim eitzabalevish emunas uman. That Rabbi Nezalveh speaks about the deep waters that the tzaddikim have, very deep level knowledge, which nurtures the emuna. Ayin Shom, look over there in chapter 5. V'yalkein be'elu mei ha'mikva shem sholesh emuna and therefore, it's in these mikvah waters, which are the source of emuna, that's where this woman who is nida becomes purified from the tumah, from this tumah of the snake, shehu pigam emuna, which represented a major defect in emuna. Because by dipping in these mikvah waters, this restores and, and elevates the emuna to a state of completion. It's brought that the word mikveh is bigimatria 151. Well, I don't know. You don't have some That the word mikveh is bigimatria 151, which is one of the miluim of Hashem's name Ekeh. Hashem's name Ekeh is one of the names of Hashem that's associated with Bina. And when you write it, when you write out each letter as a word, Aleph spelled Aleph Lamed Pei, Hey, I believe is spelled Hey Hey, Yud, Yud Vav Dalit, and Hey Hey, it's Bigimatri 151, which is Mikveh. The amount of water in a Mikveh, the minimal, minimum amount of, mikveh, of water in a Mikveh is 40 so. And we know the Mishnah says in Perkiova is Ben Araboim Lebina, that 40, the age of 40 is when a person achieves Bina. These are some of the associations between Mikvah and Bina. We'll have more on this towards the end. At the end of this volume in Likut Elochas, we have Hilchas Mikvois. And Rav Nosan Zalvir will give us beautiful insights. Now Rav Nosan Zal addresses another topic question in the chat that in chapter 6 in Likut Imran Rabbi Nezal says that this name of Hashem is associated with Keser that's true I, I, that's why I was careful to say that the name Eke is sometimes associated with Bina it's also the name of Hashem associated with Keser because Keser and Bina <coughs> share many different things in Sifrei Kabbalah now Rav Nosanzal goes on to another topic that was mentioned in, that's mentioned in chapter 7 in Likut Imran, which this halacha is based on, and connects it to what we've been learning. Over there in Likut Imran chapter 7, in paragraph 11, Rav Nosanzal connects tzitzis to the topic of emuna. Kigam oyer hatzitzis Nimshach mebechinas meime hamikva hakdoisha shehi bebechinas bina almadosi, because so too the holiness of tzitzis also draws from mikveh, which is bina, the future world. Bebechinas, as we find, the Torah tells us at the beginning of creation, 
v'nohor yoytze me'eden lahashkoi sesagan. That there's a river that flows from Eden to water the garden. Shehu bechinas kedushas hamikveh. This nohor, this river, represents the holiness of mikveh. Umishom yiporeid v'hoyol arbo roshin. And from there, it splits out in four directions, making four, 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 four paths, leading four paths. This corresponds to the four tzitzis, which is one of the major ways by which we draw emuna. Hainu kanal, as we discussed previously. Because the whole concept of the union between husband and wife, between MS and Emuna, is also related to Tzitzis. As the Pesach says in Rus, when it speaks about Rus and Boyaz getting married, it says, You will spread your wings over your maidservant. Now the term knofecha means wings. The word knofecha also refers to tzitzis. The word konof means the corner of the garment where the tzitzis is worn. As Rabbein Azal explains this towards the end of chapter 7 in Likutei Moran. And this is why the woman requires first going to the mikveh. It's possible, it's possible that Rav Nosanzal is even referring here to a man going to the mikveh before davening shachris. Or it could be referring to the woman going to the mikveh first. No, no. Here it's referring to the woman going to the mikveh before the union between husband and wife. Because again, it's from the mikveh that we draw this light of tzitzis, that river that flows, that generates these four roshin, and this plays a major role in perfecting the emuna. Question, can it be said that the immersing in the mikvah for a woman accomplishes the same thing in terms of the tikkun ho'emuna, as a man wearing tzitzis, it's it's very similar, very similar. Obviously, it's in the same category. Now, Rav Nosson Zalitz, paragraph Yud Zayin, v'zeh shom Rabbi Sainuzal, Godol Yoim Hagshomim Kiyoim Tchias Ameisim. The Gemara in the beginning of Tainus speaks a lot about how great, how special is a day when it rains. And the Gemara says there that a, a day on which it rains is as great as the day when the dead will be brought back to life. And this is why the rabbis established the, the words in the bracha of because as we explained earlier, rain represents that flow of emuna, which originates from the waters of das that are going to be revealed in the future. That future is when the dead will be brought back to life. Because it's then, after the dead will be brought back to life, that's when there will be this incredible revelation of Das. And that's when we're going to experience real living. Because true living is dependent on recognition of Hashem which a person achieves through that combination of MS and Emunah, which will be achieved to the highest level of perfection in the future. 
שהם עיקר החיים. And that's real living. That's what real living is all about. Rav Nosson Zal now adds one more point regarding mikveh. Paragraph Yudches. V'alkein ha-mikveh tzricha lihiyos bo-oretz daika v'loi b'kli. And this is why a mikveh must be in the ground or attached to the ground. It cannot be in a vessel, as it says in Shulchan Aruch. Ki ha-oretz hu b'chinas emuna. Because the ground is associated with emuna. Bechinas shchon eretz ure'e emuna. Reside in the eretz and be nourished with emuna. We see the connection between emuna and eretz. And this also highlights the incredible benefit of being buried in Eretz Yisroel. Because Eretz Yisroel is the concept of emuna. As Rabbeinu Zal writes over there in chapter 7 in Likut Imran. Again, this posseg, Shechon Eretz Urei Emuna. V'shom daiko zoichin sheyizbarer v'yizdakeh haguf mizua masanochosh. And it's there, specifically in Eretz Yisroel, that a person can be privileged, that their body should be purified completely from that original tumah of the snake. V'yizgeh lehikolel be'emuna b'shleimus. And the person should be zeicher to become part of the emuna in the highest level. And then the person will be zeicher to be part of that, the dead being brought back to life. Because the main concept of the dead being brought back to life is going to be in Eretz Yisroel. As the Gemara says at the end of Ksubas, that even those people who die and are buried outside of Eretz Yisrael, their bodies will have to roll through special tunnels to come to Eretz Yisrael, which is the place of Emuna. That's where the real purification will take place. And then they'll be to come back to life. That's when this refinement will be completed. And that's when we'll be to the perfection of Emes and Emuna, which is what true eternal life is all about. Baruch Hashem. With this we complete Halacha Dalet. As much as it's a privilege to be buried in Eretz Yisroel, it's a greater privilege to live in Eretz Yisroel, to live in Eretz Yisroel, and for a person to pass away and be buried in Eretz Yisroel. That's the real Shleimus. Question as to why Rabbein and Rabbein Ozenzal did not go to Eretz Yisroel to die, the Zohar Kodesh tells us that there are certain Sadiqim <coughs> whose mission it is to ensure that all the Jews of Chutzloretz will be able to get Teret Yisroel, both the living ones and those that have passed away. That's one of the reasons why Moshe Rabbeinu is not in Eretz Yisroel. It's possible that that's, what, that's why Rabbeinu Zal and Rabbeinu Zal need to be there also. Exactly, this week's parsha speaks about Yaakov Avinu and how he made his children swear that they'll bring him to Eretz Yisroel, and he was zechut to be buried in the Mi'ora Samach Pela. And Yosef HaTzadik also made them swear to bring him to Eretz Yisroel, and he's buried in the city of Shechem. Those two cities are the greatest hotbeds of terrorism, of, of murderous Arabs, and, and we have this Shmira there. It, it seems that were it not for the great tzaddikim, for the Ma'ora Samach in, in Hebron. And Yosef HaTzadik and his sons, Menashe and Ephraim in Shechem, who knows how much worse things would be, Rachman Now we begin the fifth and final halacha on this topic of Giluach. 
Rav Nosenzal quotes the Pasuk, Loi Sakifu Pa'as Roishchem, Veloi Sashchis Pazikonecha. A Jew is not allowed to cut the payas of the head and the payas of the beard using a razor. Hashchosa means a type of cutting where you remove it completely. Usually that's referred to as being done by a razor or any type of cutting which doesn't have something blocking, something separating between the blade and the skin. This halacha will be based on chapter 21 in the Kutimran. Ayin Shom, Rav Nosenzal says, study that chapter to get a good foundation. Vahaklal, to summarize one of the major concepts that Rav Nosenzal speaks about over there, kiyesh makifim upnimim. There are two types of seichel. One type of seichel that's called makif, and another type of seichel that's called pnimi. Hainu shehaseichel shehodom masig venichnas besichloi zebechinas seichel pnimi. Shenichnas haseichel bepnimi esmoichoi. That knowledge, that wisdom, which a person achieves and understands, and it goes into a person's brain, that's called pnim, pnimi, seichel pnimi. Aval yesh seichel However, there is knowledge and wisdom that cannot enter into the person's brain. The person cannot understand it. Because of the fact that this knowledge and wisdom is on such a high level. But rather, it's outside the brain. It's like a halo, like a circle outside the brain. That's called Seichel HaMakif. Rabbi Nezal says there on the Kutim Ra'an, a person would say, what's the purpose of it if I can't understand it? Rabbi Nezal says there that the knowledge that we do have draws power, draws light from that seichel hamakif. V'chol hakushlis v'hamavuchoi shel hamachakrim nimshach mi seichel hamakif. And all of the questions and the paradoxes that philosophers asks about Hash, ask about Hashem that cannot be answered now, those questions come from this seichel hamakif. U'machmazeh yefshir b'shum oifen letarzam. And that's why we cannot possibly answer those questions now. Because those, those quest, that wisdom comes from the Seichel HaMakif, which we cannot bring into our brain now. Now Rav Nosenzal quotes Rav Nosenzal that there are many levels in Makifim. There are makifin that are, that are knowledge that a person doesn't have right now. Right now it's not in your brain, but you can attain it. If you'll learn more, you'll study more, then next week or next year you will learn, you will understand that which a year ago was a makif to you. Because each and every individual person has what's for them seichel hapnimi and for them seichel hamakif. And each every single person on their level is required to learn, to study, and to achieve knowledge, that which you didn't know yesterday, that which you didn't understand yesterday or last year, to learn more till you're able to understand it, till you're able to take, make what was previously makif to you, to, to convert it into pnimi. And then once you convert that makif into pnimi, you get a new makif. It, it moves, it moves forward. <laughs>
the line moves up. And so to a person throughout their whole life is supposed to try to be learning more and more and, and changing each time, changing, converting makif to pnimi and getting a higher makif. However, there are certain types of knowledge, certain types of makifim, which we cannot achieve in this world. We cannot understand it. And that's the source of those unanswered questions in those philosophy books. And that's also the source of the whole concept of free choice. Rabbein Azal shows there on the Kutim Ram that the whole concept that we have free choice and we're constantly having to make choices is dependent on the concept of Yediyah and Bechira. The, the, the concept, the fact that Hashem knows exactly what's going to take place in the future, and yet we have free choice. We're told that every single day, every single moment, we have free choice. And this is what the Gemara refers to when it says, In the future, Tzadikim Yoishvim, Tzadikim will sit, and Rabbi Nezal says, Shavoyilahem Bechira. That means there will no longer be free choice. Because free choice means moving from side to side. Choosing this or that, this or that. Sitting implies in one place. Sitting means I'm sitting in one place, I'm fixed. There's no more of this moving back and forth. Oz, and then the Gemara continues, V'itroisehem biroshehem. And then their crown will be on their head. But it doesn't say the itroisehem al roshehem. It says the atroisehem biroshehem. Itroisehem, a crown, is something that circles the head. A makif is also called a crown. Biroshehem. The crown, the makif, will be inside their head. Sheikonsu kol hamakifim lifnim. All of those things that we didn't understand previously will now go into our brain and we'll be able to understand them. Because of the fact that then, at that future time, there'll no longer be free choice. There'll no longer be this concept, this back and forth. Rav Nassar says, Ayin Shon Kol over there in chapter 21 in Likud Imran, Rabbi Nezal elaborates and explains this. And Rabbi Nezal says there, How does a Jew succeed in constantly achieving these makifin, constantly learning new things, absorbing things that I didn't know before, and getting new makifin? This requires the person perfecting the seven candles, which are the seven openings in the head, which correspond to the seven candles of the menorah in the Beis HaMikdosh. Shehem, which are Ho'enayim, the two eyes, Ho'oznayim, the two ears, V'hachoytem, and the two nostrils of the nose, V'hapeh, and the mouth. Ayin Shom, study that chapter on the Kutimran to get much more clarity on this question in the chat, isn't there also a concept that even after they pass away, tzaddikim continue to advance from level to level? The answer is it's true, but, but those levels are way, way, way above anything we can perceive of now. Meaning, what Rav is telling us here, what Rav says, is that in the future, all of those questions that people had down here all of those questions are going to be answered. All of that is going to be resolved. And then tzaddikim are going to be going to completely, completely higher and higher levels of understanding Hashem. Now Rav Nosenzal begins. Vezehu bechinas isur giluach shebepeyo 
based on that chapter in the Qur'an, we'll understand why a Jew is forbidden <coughs> to remove completely the payas and the beard. Shezeh Iker Kedushas Isha Yisraeli. This is one of the main things that displays the holiness of a Jew and that sets us apart from the other nations. Kisoorois hapeois vahazokon hein bechinas tsinoirois elyoinim sha'alyodon iker hamshochas hadas mimakif lepnimi. Because the hairs of the payas and the beard are these divine pipes and wires by which we receive, we draw das, we draw knowledge from makif to pnimi. Vialkein osur legalchon. And that's why it's forbidden to destroy them, to remove them completely. Kize iker kedushas Yisroel because this is the true holiness of the Jewish people, that we are privileged to believe in Hashem and to achieve recognition of Hashem by drawing this das, this knowledge, which we receive from the light of those makifin, those high levels of knowledge. Which are represented by the hairs of the payas and the beard, the Arizal reveals that these hairs represent very, very high level seichel, which are like makifin, compared to the knowledge, the ordinary knowledge that we possess. Can move on the Kisve Arizal as the Arizal discusses this in his Sefer Eitz Chaim. Ki Iker. Now remember, before, a page earlier, two pages earlier, we were stressing that the beard and pace is all about emuna. Make up your mind, which is it? Is it emuna or is it das? The answer is it's both. Because throughout Rabbeinu Zalzforim, Throughout Sifrei Hasidus, throughout Sifrei Kabbalah, we know that these are really one. Remember, Abnosas are stressed in the previous halacha. Emes and Emuna. Emes and Emuna seem like two opposites. Emes is that which you understand. Emuna is what you don't understand. But Rabbeinus are stressed, are stressed time and time again that they're really one. That when we speak about Hashem, when we speak about the Torah, when we speak about the tzaddikim, emes and emuna are one. They're really oneness. So there's no contradiction here. The, the, the most important knowledge is recognition of Hashem, faith in Hashem. And the highest levels of faith in Hashem are when it's combined with tremendous high levels of knowledge. Because this is the main purpose for which a Jew was created. So that we should try and work hard every day of our lives, serving Hashem to the point where we're to achieve those things that were previously makifen before. We're to understand things that we couldn't understand previously. Those things which we can understand. This is our main mission statement in this world. Because this is really what the pleasure of the future world is going to be all about. This is the eternal life. When the Torah speaks about the eternal life that we're going to live in the future, it's all about achieving higher and higher levels of makifin. As Rabbi Nezal explains over there in chapter 21. And this whole process of makifin becoming premium is all dependent on and controlled by the hairs of the beard and the payos, v'alkein 
Kol Kedushas Yisrael Toli Bohem. And this is why the, the, the entire holiness of a Jew is dependent on that. Kihem Iker Hasimen Vahaheker Ben Yisrael Amen. Because that's really what identifies us and differentiates the Jews from among the other nations. Now, Rav Nosenzal is going to go into a very clear explanation of what the payas are and what the beard is and how that corresponds to the two major, major discussions in that chapter in Likud Yomran. How Rav Nosenzal says that in order to succeed in this mission of, of converting all the makifan into premium, a person has to work on two tracks. Rav Nosenzal is going to show us here that the two tracks that Rabbein Azal explains over there in Likud Imran correspond to the payas and the beard. Question in the chat, which we're going to go into right now in the Likud HaLachis. Paragraph Beis, Kinavur Shambat Toyonal, Rabbein Azal explains over there in chapter 21 in Likud Imran, Shelahasodas HaMakifinanal, Tzrichin Shnei Bechinois, that in order for a Jew to succeed in this mission, of achieving these makifin, getting to know everything that a person can possibly get to know, it requires two things. Shehim bechinas yoimar eloikeichem. These two are referred to in the pasuk, the opening pasuk in the haftorah of Shabbos Nachamu. The haftorah there begins Nachamu Nachamu ani yoimar eloikeichem. Be consoled, be consoled, my nation, says Hashem. And Rabbi Nassau over there in the Kutumran addresses this Nachamu Nachamu. What's the two Nechamas? And what is Yoimar Eloikechem? The Zohar Kodesh says that Amira, the term Amira, we know that we have different t- verbs that are used to refer to speaking. In the Torah it says, Vayoimer Hashem El Moshe, Vayoimer, and it says, Vayedaber. And, and Rashi points out in many places that usually Amira means soft, soft-spoken. Amira bachashoi. Amira means quietly, to whisper, to speak softly. Dibur usually means koshos, harsh, loud. Dibur is malchus, kingdom, dinim. Dahainu. And Rabbi Nezal says over there that this refers to two types of service of Hashem. A person has to scream, put power into their words when they're learning Torah and when they're davening. In order to give birth to Seichel and to reveal the Seichel. That requires screaming, tsa'oka, elikeh, elikim. Ulohitsi mebechinas ibor vehelem, lebechinas leida vehizgalus. And to bring forth this seichel, this moichin, from a state of ibor, pregnancy, hiddenness. We know when a woman is pregnant, the baby is hidden inside of her. We don't see the baby. To take this, cho- this seichel out, of pregnancy, out of hiddenness, lebechinas leida, to bring it into a state of birth, vehizgalus, and revelation. That's step number one. V'yachakach tzrichin lahachnisam b'fnim. And once a person has created, given birth to these moichin and revealed it, then there's a second procedure that's needed, to bring those moichen inside of oneself, inside of ourselves. Lasois mehamakif pnimi, to make, to convert that knowledge which we don't have yet, to bring it inside of ourselves, that we should be able to know it and understand it. Vizeh alidei kedushas shivas haneirois. And Rabbi Nezal explains over there, that's, that second step is accomplished by purifying these seven openings of the head. Shehem Shivas, the seven candles, Shehem Shivas Nikve Horoish, which correspond to the seven openings in the head, Shehem Shte Enayim, Ushte Oznayim, Ushte Nikve Hachoitim Vahaper, Shehem Bechena Shivas Haneros Haelu, 
those are these seven candles of the Menorah in the Mishkan and in the Beis Hamikdash. And Rabbeinu Salvir goes into a little bit of detail. Rabbeinu Zal says, what does this mean? Lishmar Einov Meroyis Bara. Regarding the eyes, it means being careful not to look where you're not supposed to look at, not to look at evil, not to look at a Russia, not to look at things that we're not supposed to look at. And so too, Rabbi Nezal goes into detail here, explaining what the ears refer to, that the ears refer to emunas chachomim, listening to the words of the rabbis. And the nose refers to yiras Hashem, respect for Hashem, the posseh, v'horechoi b'yiras Hashem. And the mouth refers to speech, everything we say, and that which we take into the mouth. Over there in Likutei Maran, Rabbi Nezal elaborates on this a little bit. In Likutei Tfilois, on chapter 21 in Likutei Maran, there Rabbi Nezal elaborates even more. Because what this refers to is everything that's related to purifying these seven openings of the head. <coughs> Which also corresponds to Tikkun Hamidois, the seven Midois of Chesed, Gevura, Teferes, Netzach, Yisoid, Malchus. These are all connected. came and therefore, Saros HaPeos V'Hazokon, the hairs of the Peos and the beard, Shehem Smuchem L'Shivas HaNekovim Shel Harosh which are near and surround these seven openings of the head, Alkein Al Yodom Nimshochem HaMakifim. That's why they play a major role in us being able to draw these makifin, this knowledge that we don't have that we want to acquire. Ki ikra hamshochas oirois hamakifin, hualidei shivas haneirois. Because Rabbein Azal said there, the main way that we are able to draw this light this, of these makifin is through these seven candles, shem shivas nikve arois, which are the seven openings of the head. Vishom yoitzin sarois hapeois vahazokon. And it's from the face that there comes forth the hairs of the be- of the peis and the beard, sha'al yodom nimshochem hamakifinanal, through which the Arizal and the Sifrei Kabbal explain that's how we draw these makifin, the kanal, as we explain. Vizehu biklolius. This is on a general level. Ubiprotius, and now Rav Nosanzal is going to go into detail explaining what the payas represent and what the beard represents. And he's going to show us proofs to show exactly why we need both and how they both work, etc., etc., which we'll take up in the next year in Tzishim. Wishing everybody a wonderful day and a wonderful week. This week, Monday night, will be Asura Beteves, Monday night, Tuesday, which is a very important fast day, and also the yard side of Reb that the week should be full of bracha and atzlacha and yeshuas and refuas and the gula shleimah b'mherab yameinu amein v'yameinu. Amen.